The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masikat Shekalim has been dedicated by Dr. Isaac Meddeb and his wife Lily in memory of Moshe ben Nachel Man. We hope that the learning of the 22 Dapim of Masikat Shekalim will be a a ilui neshama for the niftar Moshe ben Rachel. Tehi nishmatot zerura b'tzol ha'chayim. Amen. Daf kaf aleph. Today's daf has been dedicated uh, anonymously in honor of David Katz of Katz Judaica. Today's daf is being studied. The ilui nishmat acham baruch l'fael ben Miriam and Avraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. We are beginning today's daf on daf Chaf Amud Bet, and we will start uh, three lines from the bottom. We learned in our Mishnah that if a Kohen Gadol dies, so in the interim. They have to bring in the Beit HaMikdash, the Minha. Every day he brought an Asri Ta'ifa. It was called the Minhat Habitin. So we had a Mahlokan in the Mishnah. Where does that Minha come from? Who pays for it after the Kohen Gadol dies? So one Shita said, Tanakama said, Kereba Mishir Sibur. The Sibur picks up the tab. And another Shita said, Rabbi Uda, Mishil Yorshin. That the inheritors pick up the tab for this Korban. So the Gebra says, Kohen Gadol Shemet Rabbi Ba Bar Mamal Ba'e Rabbi Ba Bar Mamal had a question. Mahlefa Shitateh Rabbi Shimon. says, we have a stira in Shitat Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon, in one place says one thing, and another place says another thing. Why? Taman Amar Meshel Yorshim. In the Mishnah, we learned that there were seven conditions that uh, Beit Din made. Seven different uh, uh, Tekanot, right? Establishments that Tachamim made. One of the establishments was that when the Kohen Gadol dies, the Sibur pays for the Mincha. So the Gemara, and the Rabbi Shimon is the one that quoted all these seven. So the Gemara wants to imply that must be Originally, before the rabbis made the takana, meaning minat Torah, the Yorshim have to pay for the minchah of the Kohen Gadol. And then the rabbis came along later and said that it's going to be paid by the Sibur. So it's mashma that the Bishimon holds minat Torah, it's really by the Yorshim. And then later on, the takana came. So that's our Mishnah. Taman Amar Mishel Yorshim. Which means, our Mishnah's Mashmah, the Ikar payment for the Minha is really from the inheritors. However, we have a bright over here that says, Amar Mishel Sibur. Because we learned above, based on a Pasuk that said, Hok Olam. Hok Olam taught us that the Hok, that the... Um, Payment for the mincha comes from the olam, comes from the sibur, and that was the shitav Rabbi Shimon. So make up your mind, Rabbi Shimon. who pays for the mincha? Is it the yorshim or is it the sibur? That's the stira. So comes the Gemara and says, Amar Bi Hayab Barba. 
which means he's saying, isn't the question a good question? This this rabbi is asking a good question. We have to uh, we have to answer it. So how are we going to answer it? <laughs> so Yaakov bar Acha comes on and answers. In the name of Rabbi Abu Bishab Rabbi Yochanan, Devar Torah who sheteba min asibur. Really, Rabbi Shimon holds, like he said above in the Brayta, Chok Olam. That what? It comes from the Olam. It's paid by the Sibur. Haiti Omer. Now, I would have thought that what? That when the Pasuk says Chok Olam, I would have thought it means Yigbula. You collect it from where? From the people. Meaning, I would have thought you go around to individuals. Not necessarily from the Tirumat Talashkaf, the Bet Amikdash. I would have thought, Chok Olam, you got to get it from the Olam. What does the Olam mean? Go around and collect. Pass around the Kupa, from house to house, and collect the uh, the funds. Um, so that's why Kazongan says, that what? Teheba'a mitrumat lishka. And Vetinu, Sheteheba'a mitrumat lishka. Therefore, the Hachami made a Takana that what? No. It's paid actually by the Trumat It's paid from the uh, treasury of the Bet HaMikdash. Now I'll explain to you what's going on over here. Which means really, when he said in the Brayta, Chok Olam, Chok Olam originally could be interpreted, collected from the Olam. Meaning, from the world. Go around and collect from each individual. That... Takanav the Mishnah was that no, you don't go collect it from every individual. Hakamim metakid that it's done Mishel Sibur. That why you collect it from the Sibur itself. What's the Sibur? Trumata Nishka. The actual uh, fund of the Beit HaMikdash. So again, there was never a thought that it comes from Yorshim. Which is when our Mishnah said that you collect it from the uh, Sibur. In the question, we said, oh, Sibur, that's a takana of the rabbis. It's mashma that before that, it was from Yorshim. No, before that, it was from each individual. Which is, I would think you go around to each person and collect the money. Kamash no, the rabbis came along and said, it's done from the Trumat Halishka. Comes the, so that's the bottom line. Bottom line is, Chittat it comes from Sibur, and it never came from... Uh, it never came from the Yorshi. It was never, 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 never a question. Amos Gebran says, Rabbi Yosa Amar, Rabbi Yohanan Ba'ir, Rabbi Yohanan Al-Safik. Mahu, okay, when it says in the Mishnah, that when you bring the Minha after the Kohen Gadol dies, you bring it every day, but you bring it Shalem. Normally you bring them in Hachil Kohen Gadol in half. Mahsitoba Boker, Mahsitoba Ayrib. Half in the morning, half in the afternoon. That's the way it's brought. We had a Mahluk yesterday, how they actually uh, did it. Was it Kodesh from the beginning, or did they make Kadesh each half at a time? Today we have a question, which was brought up really yesterday by some of the group over here. How did they bring the Minha? Did they bring it one complete one in the morning and one complete one in the afternoon? Or did they just bring one complete one in the morning and nothing in the afternoon? Now we got to get to the details. You don't split it. So if you don't split it, does that mean what? You bring two, two holes? Or do you just bring one complete one in the morning and in the afternoon you don't bring anything? So that's the question. The Biyosa 
אמר רבי יוחנן, בעי. מהו שלמה בשחרית ושלמה בין הערביים, או שלמה בשחרית ובטלה בין הערביים? Do you bring two holes, morning and the afternoon, or maybe you just bring one in the morning, and you don't bring anything in the afternoon? So the Gemara says, And if you want to say that it's Pasuk, you've got to bring both. Because the Pasuk says uh, that it's got to be the Khtiv, Minhat Tamid, which we, according to that Girsah that has the words Minhat Tamid, it would mean it's got to be Tamid, I mean you have to have in the morning and you have to have in the afternoon. And once you tell me that you bring it whole, so it's clear you have to bring it whole in the morning and whole in the afternoon. So if you want to go that way, I ask you another question. There were other ingredients in this minha besides the flour. What other ingredients were in the minha? Let's take the oil. So that Gibra says, Shloshet Lugin, the three log of oil that the Kohen brought with his minha on a daily basis. So what are you going to say? Mahin, what's the deen? Shloshet Lugin Shahrit, Shloshet Lugin bin Arbaim, or Logu Mehsa Shahrit. Which means normally the Kohen every day with this Minhat Habit brought three log. He brought one and a half in the morning with the half and one and a half log of oil in the afternoon. But now the question is that you're bringing it full measure. So now I'll tell you maybe just like you have to bring full measure of Minha, you have to bring full measure of oil. Therefore three log in the morning, three log in the afternoon. Or maybe I'll tell you now. The Torah only was careful on the flour. But when it comes to the oil, you just bring one measure. And therefore bring one and a half in the morning, and one and a half in the afternoon. That's the she'ilah. Does the doubling of the minha include the doubling of the oil mm-hmm. as well? Amar Huh? He says, if you already asked me sefekot, also ask the following sefek. Okay, now, with this minha, they also used to take a comets of lebona. Lebona, we said, is frankincense, right? So, what they did was, they would take two comets. One comets in the morning of lebona, and one comets in the afternoon. That's actually the opinion of the Biyoseh in Masichet Menachot. So we're understanding this question according to, let's say, the Biyoseh, Shita. That they took one in the morning, one in the afternoon. That's because it was heft. Oh, so now that it's a complete measure, maybe you have to take two comets in the morning and two comets in the afternoon, just like you double the measure of the flour. Maybe you got to double the measure of the lebona. Mm-hmm. So that's the question. Shnei komsin, mahen. Shnei komsin b'shaharit, u shnei komsin b'na'arbaim. Oh, or maybe no, maybe you don't change the shirt of the comets. Maybe the comets is brought just like every day is one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Maybe that stays. So it's basically the same question. If you want to assume that they doubled the amount of flour, does that affect the oil measurement? And does that affect the libona measurement? So comes again and says, Amar Rabbi Yosa. Rabbi Yosa says like this: Klum lamdu ledin komets lo meminhat chote. Didn't we learn the law of komets? How did we know that you have to take a komets of lebona by the asrita efav the kohen? It doesn't say it in the pasuk. 
So if you remember, we had a dirashan a few days ago's daf that we learned it from. Actually, the way we learned it then, we learned it from lechem apanim. And if you look at the taklina uh, hatin in his girsa over here, it also says klum lamadnu melechem apanim. So therefore, as we learned, just like lechem apanim, they took a shiur of a komis. So too we said that in the minha uh, of the kohen, it's got to be a Comets, meaning there's a comets in the morning, right? There was a comets in the afternoon, and therefore, what's the what's our douche? Oh, just like over there, it is shnekumsin, afkan shnekumsin. Now, what does that mean? Which means, let's say like this: let's say a guy on a regular minha, which we're telling that issue is a comets. Let's say he brings double. He brings double the shiur. So the deen is, if he brings double the shiur, he's got to bring double the comets. Uh-huh. That's the deen. So just like you're bringing double the shiur of a minha. What's the source? Your whole source of the asli ta'ifa uh-huh. comes from a regular minha. Because from the hamapanim, we learned that all the minachot. So now a regular minha choteh. How much does he bring? Well, if he brings normal shiur, he brings one lebona comets. If he brings double the shiur, he brings double. So therefore, just like here, you're doubling it. Double also bring two. So what's the she'ela? Two in the morning, two in the afternoon. That, that, that's the way it's got to be done. So the Gemara says, now, if we read these parentheses, if we read them, because this is Gersa'ot over here, the parentheses will be read like this. Well, actually, we will leave these parentheses, we'll read the next ones. Because according to our uh, way of understanding this Gemara, this line, Mataman is out, uh-huh. and the next one is in. So comes the Gemara and says, Amar Abi now we're going to get to the question of the oil. So you, we settled the uh, comets. We settled the flour. Mm-hmm. Now we have to settle the oil. So Amar Chizkiyah, Klum lamdu shloshet lugim, lo mitamit shlubin arbaim. Oh, how do you know that the shloshet lugim of oil is the shiur of uh, the minha of the kohen? Where did you learn it from? Mm-hmm. Oh, we learned it from the korban tamid. Because it says the word tamid by the Qurban tamid, obviously. Okay. And it says the word tamid by uh, the minhav, the kohen. So we say, just like the shi'ur of oil that's brought with the tamid shumin arabayim is shlosha lugin, so to the shi'ur of minhav tamid is also going to be shlosha lugin. So comes the Gemara and says, ma'alahalan shloshet lugin, afgan shloshet lugin. Which means, just like when you're bringing the Qurban ola, so, and you're bringing them in with it, obviously. Mm-hmm. So for every asaron of flour mm-hmm. that they bring, they bring shloshet lugin. So to over here, for every asaron that you're going to bring, you should bring shloshet lugin. Meaning, you bring three in the morning, and three in the afternoon. We had a safik by the oil. Do you bring three and three, or do you bring one and a half, and one and a half? Mm-hmm. So give us hold it. Where's your source for the oil? Your mm-hmm. source for the Qurban Tamid. And we know about the Qurban Tamid, what? For the asaron, for each asaron of flour that they brought, there was what? Shiloshit lugim. So just like over there, it's three lugim for each asaron. Over here, it should also be three lugim for, mm-hmm. for each asaron. Therefore, three in the morning, three in the afternoon. So comes the Gemara and says, Uma taman serichale, afkan serichale. So he's hold it. <laughs> Who told you uh, that by the tamid, we were so pashut on that law? Even by the Qurban Tamid, we have a Safiq in such a case. I mean, what's the case that we have a Safiq? So he explains like this. 
by a case of minhat tamid. What's the case? If let's say you didn't bring your minhat tamid in the morning, you brought the kurban ola, let's say, mm-hmm. but you didn't bring the minha with it. Okay, now you want to bring double in the afternoon. You want to bring the minha of the morning and the minha of the afternoon. You want it to bring it together. Or let's say you want to bring it tomorrow. So the question is, do you have to bring an additional three lugin for the additional esaron mm. that you're bringing? That itself is a sefik. So he says, how could you be poshet from something where in itself we're not so sure if if the deen is that is as such, and therefore since already in that case itself is a sefik, you're not going to be able to poshet your question by the. Case of the oil of the minhamish. You're assuming, what do you mean? Just like every time you bring an asadon, you bring three lugin. So too by the minhat uh, kuin, every time you bring an extra asadon, you bring three lugin. Who said? Maybe by the kurban tamid itself, we, we, we're not so sure about this question. Which is over there, it's sidiqa, we had a she'ila. So over here, it's, 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 you're going to say it's a pashut. So it comes out according to this gemara. By the flower, it seems the gemara is poshet. you got to bring two. One is in the morning, full measure, and one in the afternoon. When it comes to the Lebona, the Gemara also was mashma above, that since you're learning from Nehama Panim or Minhat Choteh, and each Salon gets a Kometz, mm-hmm. a full Kometz, and if you bring double measure, you bring two Kumsin, so it's mashma from the Gemara at least, that what? You have two Kometz in the morning, and you have two Kometz in the afternoon. When it came to the oil, the Gemara said, well, you're learning from Tamid. Well, tamid, the whole source of Tamid itself is questionable. If you have to bring three log for each Saron, so therefore you have no proof uh, to answer that question from... Uh, and therefore it sounds like from the oil you would not have to bring a uh, double measure. Now, if you have the Gerisah above, that we put in the parentheses, the Gemara asked the same question about by the Lebona. <laughs> you learning from Minhat Choteh. <laughs> that's, that's a question in itself by Minhat Choteh. If a guy brings the double measure, does he have to double up the Kumsin? So therefore, what you thought was pursued by a Minhat Choteh to learn to, to the case of the Kohen, that's not pursued itself. So even that comes out, uh, you cannot solve it from the Minhat Choteh. That's if you would have the Gersah with the same question that we asked over here. Okay, comes the Gemara. And continues. Again, all this we're explaining according to the Shita of the Qurban Aida. Explains this in his first interpretation. There are different ways to interpret this Gemara over here. We're going in uh, the Shita of the Qurban Aida. Okay, we learned in the Mishnah. Regarding the Para Aduma, its ashes are not going to be subject to Me'ida. So the Gemara says. Shelo yebo, which means that shelo yeh be'efra. That means if somebody uses per, for personal uh, usage the ashes of the paraduma, not considered me'ila. Rabbi Shmuel ben Nachman b'Shem Rabbi Yonatan. Bedin ayashi ma'aluba. Bedin logically it should be me'ila. It's kodesh. Well, why shouldn't it be me'ila? Mm-hmm. However, the in gazru, the rabbis made a gezera. But the betin, they made a takana for some reason that you're not going to be mu'ilba. So the Gemara says, Ve'atani. So what are you talking about? We learned in the Braita, based on the pasuk of the Paraduma. The Paraduma says, 
Hatat. It calls it Hatati. It is a Hatat. Okay? So the Gemara learns, Melamed, Shemu'alin Ba. Which means, you have Mi'ila in it, like a regular Qurban Hatat. However, from the fact that it says Hatat He, so we make it, you can say, Ba Mu'alin, Be'en Mu'alin, Be'ifrah. Which means the Gemara is asking, it's a Bifirush Pasuk that there's no Mi'ila on the Ifrah Parah. Our Mishnah said it was a takana of Dachamim. One of the, one of the, uh, the seven takanot was what? The rabbi said, you know what? Efra para, no me'ila. Okay, good. That's mashma, that minat Torah, there's really me'ila. But the rabbis came along and said, no. Now according to your pasuk. The pasuk says, hatat, he. Also the he comes along and says, it itself, the para itself is me'ila, but the ashes of it are not. So why don't we need the rabbis to make a takana on something that the Torah clearly said there's no ma'ilah in the first place. So comes the Gibran says, Amar bi Abu, Barishona hayu mishtakshikin ba. The way the Taklin Hatin learns this word mishtakshikin is mizalzelin. In the beginning, they were mizalzel with the ifra para. And they wanted to treat it like devre uh, hol. Yeah, they were very, very... Uh, um, uh, uh, light-headed or um, lenient, debasing it, correct. Now, how are they debasing it? They were using it as a medicine. A guy had a makkah, you know, a wound. He would take the ashes of the paraduma and you know, uh, smear it on his wound. It seems there's something in the ashes that is uh, medicinal. So, the hachamim saw this. They said, what? Gazru shimaluba. The rabbi said, hey, you know what? We're putting ma'ila on it. Because we don't want the people to use it. Kevan shinigdiru. Once the sibur learned their lesson and they stopped using the effort of the paraduma, gazru shiloyimaluba. So therefore they went back to the original takana that there's no ma'ila. So therefore you're right. Minhat Torah, there is no ma'ila. Like the pasuk says, hatati. That's minhat Torah. The rabbis, however, came along. And they put a fence around the Torah, and he said, I know the Torah says there's no me'ilah, but you know what? We're saying there is. Why? Because there was a time where people were being mezazel with the effort of the paraduma. After everybody stopped being uh, mezazel, so they went back to the original takana that said what? It's okay. But that original takana is from the Torah. So then when the Mishnah says, Hitkinu efer para muter that's the rabbis uh, re, um, brought it back to the original deen of the Torah itself. Comes the Gemara continues. Okay, we did this. What we learned about the Kinim? If let's say the Kinim, the birds of a latest Hayavit to bring the... Uh, Kinim, the birds of Olan Hatat for let's say a Zava or Yuleda, and then they became Pisulot somehow. So now who pays? Who pays for the uh, for the yeah, second set, for the next set? So we had a Mahlokan in the Mishnah. Tarakama said, Mishil Sibur, the Sibur pays. Rabbi Yosef said, No, you go to the vendor that sells the birds, mm-hmm. and then that's a Tribet Din already. The vendor has to pick up any of the birds that were Pisulot. So Kavzi Gabbanan says, Haisha mm-hmm. Azot. This lady over here, her birds are lost now. How is she going to get kapara? 
So comes the Gemara and says, "Amar Yitzchak, then I bet you, I'm sapek at the kinim, I'm sapek at the pesulot, the et avdot." So like we learned, according to the Shittavri Biyoseh, there was a tribedi that the vendor will pick it up. So therefore, the lady has nothing to worry about. When once you put your money in the box of kinim, you're good. You're in. Even if they're going to buy the birds, and the birds are going to become pesulot, rest assured. Those birds are going to be brought on the Mizbaya. How? Because the Tanaibetin was that the vendors got to pay for the... So that was like we learned above. That line in the... This is a statement of a Gemara we learned above. So we're just saying this statement must have been going like the Biyoseh of our Mishnah. Because the first time I come out said, well, it pays from Sibur. But this is saying it pays from the... Mesapek et Akinim. Okay. Now, I want to point out that... The original deen over there was said when you found, let's say, monies between the two boxes, right? And when we said we found money between the two boxes, so we said now you got to give it to the one that's closer. So let's say in that case where it's closer, let's say to the the box of the the davar, let's say, right? So now could be there's a kinim obligation over here, and you put it in the other box. What's that lady gonna do? So we said that uh, don't worry the, the the vendor over there pays for any uh, anything that any problematic. So we have a safek over here, right? We don't know. Maybe you go to the vendor, he picks up the tab for the extra kinim. So we say just like over there, by the case where the coins were between the two boxes, the vendor picks it up. So too in this case over here, that if one of the kinim became pisulot, the vendor will pick it up. Means we're comparing the the dinim of the coin between the two boxes. And the case of the Mishnah of the Kirim that became Pesulot. Okay. Hadran Alach, Perek, Ma'od, Shirim Zeu. Okay, now we start the eighth Perek. Alakha Aleph, 18. Kol Arrokin Nemsaim Birushalayim Teorim. Okay, we know that there's a Tum'ah called Tum'at Zav. Zav, Zavah. The Torah says not only is the Zav itself Tameh, but his spit is Tameh. Anything that emanates from his body, like his rock, is Tameh. So now we have a question. Person's in Yerushalayim, and he comes in contact with rock. It's on the floor. So we want to know what is the status of rock, unknown rock, Yerushalayim. So it says, Kol Harrokin, all the spit. Saliva. Hanim sa'in birushalayim tehorin. You assume it's tahor. Why? Because you go after Rov. Rov and Shayrushalayim are tehorim. Therefore, when you don't know where this came from, you can go after the majority. Hutz, Meshil Shuka Alyon. Except the area called Shuka Alyon. There the Gemara is going to tell us there was a lot of Goyim in that area. And the Achamin put a Gezerah that Goyim have a deen of a Zav. And therefore, Shuka Alyon, you see the rock, it is Metameh. Devrei Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yosei Omer, Rabbi Yosei makes a haluk. You know, it's not so simple. Bish'ar Yimot all year long, Shebe'em Sa'atemeim. If you find rock in the middle of the streets of Yerushalayim, in the middle of the roads, it's going to be Temeim. Shebe'ts Dadim, if you find it on the side streets, Tehorim. Now, What's the logic? Because all year long, it's not the holiday. Mm-hmm. So therefore, people that are going to be Tamer are going to be in Yerushalayim. Because there's no reason for them to be Metahir themselves. 
because it's not the Regal. Right. So therefore, where do the Tamer people walk? When they're the majority, they walk in the, in the middle of the streets. And where do the Tahor people go? They go to the side streets, because they don't want to get Tamer. So all year long, if you find the rock in the middle of the street, you have to assume that what? That's where the majority of the people are walking. So they have, you know, they have the right away, the Tamer people, and therefore rock in the middle of the street during the year is Tamer. Mm. On the side streets, who's hanging out on the side streets? All the Tahor people, because they don't want to walk in the streets, because they don't want to get Tamer from the Tamer people. So any rock that you find in the side streets all year long is going to be Tahor. However, but on the holiday, where there's no Zavot and Zavin in Yerushalayim, so then, Then, in the middle of the street, that's the majority of people, Teorin. That's the opposite. Wow. If anything, all the Tamir people, they throw to the side streets. Right? So therefore, anything on the side streets on the regal is going to be Tamir. That's the Hanuk, according to the opinion of Rabbi Yosef. That's the rule. On the Regal, the minority of Zavim and Zavod, they go to the Stadim. Okay? Because they don't want to meet the Tower people. So therefore, according to that, on the Regal, if you find it on the side street, it's going to be Tamer. Good? Okay. Now we discuss Mikvaot. The Mikvaot in Yerushalayim were constructed in a very interesting way. It had an entrance into the mikveh and an exit out of the mikveh. You had steps going down to the mikveh and then you just go right up the other way on the outside. They didn't want the Tamer people to come in contact with the Tahor people. If everybody's coming up the same steps, so the guy Tamer is coming down, the guy Tahor is coming up, they touch each other, it was Tamer. So what they did was over here, they made the two different, uh, that, for that matter, by the Kirim as well. When the person would uh, uh, go down and say, dip the Kirim. Also, they would go down and dip it in one section. They bring it up a different step in order that things do not uh, cross. So the Gebarat says, Okay, you find a keli in Yerushalayim. You don't know, is it Tahor? Is it Tamir? So how do you, how do you judge it? So it says, if you see it on the stairwell going down into the mikveh, you assume that it's tamir. You assume it that the guy was bringing it down, he dropped it, mm-hmm. and therefore it's tamir. However, if you see it on the way up, on the other stairwell coming out of the mikveh, teorim. Again, he dropped it on the way out. Right. Because the stairwell going down is not similar to the stairwell going up, which means the stairwell going down, that's for the people that are Tameh. The stairwell going up is for the people that are Tahor. And therefore, you assume that it fell either from the Tameh guy or from the Tahor. It fell before it got Tahor or fell after. Good. He says, Hachamim will not go there on Safe Kelim Yerushalayim Bechlal. You find Safe Kelim, you don't know what it is in Yerushalayim? No problem. I don't care where it is. Even if you found it on the way down, Tahor. Chutz min hasal. Except for the, literally the basket, that's what they used to collect, the bones of the mitt. It was a designated type of basket where they used to collect bones of the mitt. Magrefa. Magrefa literally is like a, uh, a fork or a shovel that they used to gather the bones of the mitt that were scattered. Maybe like a rake or something. Yeah. Meritza, that's also used for uh, 
the hole that you're shoveling the graves, have you hadim the kibarot, which is these kedim over here with designated items for for for, for cemeteries, for, for 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 graves. So therefore, uh, you're going to find this item in Yerushalayim, you can't say, well, it's Tahor, I can be Tahor. The designated items for the cemetery. So therefore, the Bimi'ir holds that, the Bimi'ir holds, all Kelim are Tehorot, except the designated Kelim for the Betekevarot. Now we discuss something that we learned in Masichet Pesachim. And it comes actually from this Mishnah. <coughs> A Sakin. You have a knife of Shechita. Shinimset, you found it in Yerushalayim, Be'arba'asar, on the 14th of Nisan. Ere Pesach, as today everybody's slaughtering the Korban Pesach. You find it on the floor. You don't know, is it Tahor? Is it Tamir? So the Mishnah says, Shochet Ba'miyad. You don't get ask any questions. Take the knife, make Shaitan your animal, you assume 100% it's Tahor. Why? Because you assume that they must have dipped it in the Mikveh. On the 13th, now when you dip the keli in the mikveh, you need to also wait You need to wait until the evening for it to become tahor. So the only way this knife would have been usable on the 14th by day when you need it for Quran Pesach was that if it was tameh, you had to dip it on the 13th, wait till the evening, which is the 14th by night. Now the next day it's, it's, it's tahor. So since you assume most people are storing their Quran Pesach, though you assume they're taking care of their knives. So if you find a knife. In Yerushalayim, on the 14th, your assumption is Tahor. Now, however, if you find it on the 13th, Shone Umatbil. Why? Because on the 13th, maybe he didn't dip it yet. Because technically, he has until right before sunset on the 13th to dip it to make it kosher for the 14th. So if you find it on the 13th, you have to assume that he didn't get to dipping it yet. Therefore, you have to dip it again. Meaning, could be he dipped it. But Shonei Umad you have to dip it again, Misafek. Okay? Now we discuss the next item. Kofits. The kofits is the big knife. Not used for shaita. Right, more like a cleaver. Where you're using it to cut the meat and to cut the bones of the animals that you made shahita on. So it says, but you found the kofits, baze u baze. Whether you found it on the 13th, or even if you found it on the 14th, shone u matbil. Why? Because do you need a cleaver to cut bones of Korban Pesach? No. Because we learned, you're not allowed to cut bones. So therefore, there's no reason why this guy is going to be metaherit for the 14th. But, he will metaherit by the 15th. Because on the 15th, already he has his korban hagiga. He's got other korbanot that do allow you to cut the meat or cut the bones. So therefore, if you find it on the 13th or the 14th, you have to assume what? It's still tamer. Because if anything, he'll dip it in the mikveh sometime on the 14th. You'll have the Arif Shemesh in the evening. So by the 15th, when you're eating your Korbanot, you'll have the cleave in order for you to uh, cut the meat. So that's the deen. Shonei Umadbil. Now we go to the next case. Hal liyot Okay. The 14th, Arif Pesach, falls out on Shabbat. And what happened? You found the Kofits. So it says, Shochet Ba Miyad. Because now... The guy's going to need it for Sunday. Mm-hmm. Correct? Because Sunday already, he has his Qurban Hagigah. 
When can he dip the kofits? Well, he cannot dip the kofits on Shabbat, which is the 14th. Because you're not allowed to dip on Shabbat, because it looks like you're fixing a candy. Oh, so if that's the case, when he had to do it? He had to do it on on Friday. So therefore, if Erev Pesach, 14th, falls out on Shabbat, you assume even the kofits was mitahir from before, from Friday. He dipped it on Friday, and you have Erev Shemesh, bingo, it's ready for Shabbat, because you need it for Sunday. But you can't dip it on Shabbat, because it's Shabbat, so therefore you assume it's kashir. Okay, don't. Now, Let's say you found the kofit on Yom Tov itself. On the 15th, Yom Tov itself. Again, because you assume that he dipped it from before the holiday. You know, you like dipping it on Yom Tov. Can't dip on Yom Tov as well. But when you find it on Yom Tov, he must have dipped it the day before. And by Yom Tov, it is Tahor. If you remember, we learned this as well. If you find the kofits attached right to the sakin, if they tied it together, then it has the deen of sakin. Meaning, why sakin? We said if you find it on the fourteenth, mm-hmm. it's tahor. A kofits that you find on the fourteenth, we said you have to redip it. But if the sakin and the kofits are attached, so even if you find it on the fourteenth, the kofits is kosher. It's tahor. Why? Because you assume they dipped it together because it's uh, attached. We learned in the Mishnah all rock that are found in Yerushalayim, according to Rabbi Meir, is Tahor. Except for rock that's found in Shuka Alyon. So the Gemara wants to know what's in the Shuka Alyon, that you tell me the rock is Tameh. Gemara says, Rabbi Abin, Beshem, Rabbi Yeshua, Ben Nevi, Katsran, that's the, uh, the laundry house, Shil Nukhrim Hayasham. That's where the Goyim used to do their laundry. In Shukah Bet Alyon. Shukah Alyon. So there was a little Goyim over there. And we know that what? That Hakami put a Gezerah on Goyim that they have a deen of a Zav. And therefore the rock that comes out of a Goy is Tameh. So therefore if you go to Shukah Alyon, all the Goyim over there doing their laundry. So therefore Hakami was a Rav Goyim. Therefore that area the rock is Tameh. Amar Rabbi Hanina. Gemara says, Arodot. They had these wild donkeys that used to kill animals in Yerushalayim. Why? Because the king used to have lions. And the lions needed to be fed. What do you feed lions? No, dead animals. Carcasses of animals. So the Hamorim were killing the animals. And then those that animals, the nevelot, would be get fed to the lions. So what was the problem? The people that were going up to Yerushalayim on the regel, they, they were up to their knees in blood. From all these, the blood that was in the streets, from these hamorim that were killing the nevelot, that was uh, affecting all the oled uh, galim. So they had a she'ela. Is dam nevela metameh? Now, if you remember, we had this sugya extensively previously in the Masechet. We talked about the Dam Nevela, that Torah it's not Tameh. However, the Hakamim put a Tum'ah on Dam Nevela. Torah, the carcass itself of a Nevela is Metameh. But the Dam is not. Now, Hakamim, but put a Gezera on the Dam as well. So, Amru Lahem Dabar. So, so these Oleri Galim, now they came up to Yerushalayim, Betahara, 
Now they're up to their knees in this blood of the carcasses of the Hamorib that killed these animals for the lions. So they came to the rabbis. What do we do now? We came in contact with the uh, blood of the carcass. The rabbis didn't say anything. Which means what the rabbis were telling them, yes, we made a gizera on Dam Nevela, but not for Oleh Galim. We waved it for Oleh Galim. Okay. That's what I'm reading. I'm not going to read it. ברושלים The people in Yerushalayim, when they went up for the Negev, they were up to their knees in blood of Nevelot, of animals. They went to the rabbis, Hachamim, what's our status? They didn't tell them anything. Meaning they were saying, it's okay. Now normally the rabbis did make a gizr on the dam of Nevelah. But not for the Regalim, they waved it because they knew Regalim, they got to bring their korbanot. Right? Now, Gemara tells a story. We know this story already, we learned it earlier. Rabbi Simon b'shem Rabbi Yosho ben Nevi told the story. Ma'aseh b'perda m'shel bet Rabbi Shemeta. There was a mule from the house of Rabbi Noah Kadosh that died. V'tiharu eddamea b'shum nebela. Rabbi came along and said, this blood, tahor. It's nebela. It died. Doesn't matter, the blood is tahor. Rabbi Lazar Sha'il. So Rabbi Lazar went to ask Rabbi Simon. Rabbi Simon. Ad kama. How much blood are you saying is tahor? Meaning, is there a difference between a revi'it or not? So he came along and said, Velo agibe. He didn't answer him. He asked him a question. Rabbi Simon doesn't, uh, doesn't answer. V'sha'il Rabbi Yoshua ben Nevi. So he went to Rabbi Yoshua ben Nevi. He asked the same question. Amar leh, so Rabbi Yoshua says, Ad revi'it tahor. Up until revi'it, dam nevelas tahor. Yoter mikan, tameh. Why? If you remember, we said the reason, because a revi'it of dam, when it congeals, it comes to the shoot of a kezayit. So therefore, really, the shoot is a kezayit. Just like the flesh is a kezayit, nevilad. Kezayit is metameh. So to the shoot of the dam is similar. Now, you know, how could you measure a shoot of kezayit? It's a liquid measure. So a revi'it, of, if it would congeal, it would come to the shoot of a kezayit. Rabbi Lazar was upset at Rabbi Simon. How come he didn't answer his question? Rabbi Lazar first went to Rabbi Simon. Hakam, uh, what's the deal over here? How much blood? In paid attention. So he went to Rabbi Yoshua. Rabbi Yoshua said, no, no, no. It's uh, up to what Rabbi Eit is tahor. After what Rabbi Eit is tameh. So Rabbi Lazar was all upset. I asked you a question. Uh, you don't answer me. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Bai, Habay Ativ, Matne Adin Uvda. Rabbi Bai was sitting, and he was uh, telling over the story uh, about the uh, the mule in Rabbi Nachman's house. It died. Amar le Rabbi Yishak bar Besna. So Rabbi Yishak bar Besna comes along and says, "Ad kama? How much blood is, is tamei? How much is tahor?" The Amar le Ad Rivi'i tahor. The Yoter Mikan tamei. That's part of the question, which means until Rivi'i tahor. More than the eat tamimi is is that what you're going to say, Rabbi? Is that the, is that the deen over here? That's part of the question. Literally means he kicked him with his shoe. 
you know, he's them. He, don't, don't, don't ask questions. I don't. So Abba let it be Zidika. So the Zidika says to the Bibai. Well, because you're asking a question, so you, you kick him. Well, he asked a question. What are you getting all upset about over here? Amale begin de la dati bi. He was saying I didn't answer him properly. Is because I, I don't have peace of mind. I'm, my mind is not here. Why? So he says the Amara bi Hanin because we learned this. We that Rabbi Hanin said in the Kedalot. It says in the Kedalot. There's going to come a time where the, a person's life is going to be hanging in the balance. What does this mean? A person's life is going to be hanging. I mean, he's not going to know what's going to be. That's talking about a guy who doesn't have a piece of, doesn't have a field. So he has to buy his wheat from year to year. He goes to the market once a year, he buys all his wheat and supply for the whole year. But this guy is always nervous because he doesn't know what's going to be next year. Which means he doesn't know if he's going to have enough money next year to go and buy all his wheat. So therefore, he's scared. There's another guy that's going to be scared day and night. Who's this guy? That's a guy that he can't afford to buy all his stuff, you know, uh, for one year. But he buys a little at a time. He buys, you know, one day at a time he goes and he gets uh, his food. But this guy's also scared. Because he doesn't know if the price is going to fluctuate. And if the price fluctuates, he's not going to have enough money to buy. That's why the Pasuk says, Because he's worried about his uh, sustenance of the two meals a day. Because that's when you eat. You eat, you know, one in the morning, one in the, the evening. So this guy's scared that by the time he gets to, to the store, you know, the price is uh, going to go up. The worst guy that's not going to have any trust in his life, he's not going to know if he's going to be alive. This is the guy that doesn't buy the wheat. He goes to the to the baker and he buys already daily bread. Which means he doesn't have, he's got to buy from meal to meal the guy's going. And the guy's got to go to the bakery. So this guy's nervous. By the time he gets to the bakery, there's not going to be any food. And he doesn't even have any storage in his house for the day. So therefore, this guy is the, uh, the, most, uh, the most nervous. So, Rabbi Bai says, and, and I'm that guy, I rely on the baker. And therefore, my mind is, I'm worried about my, uh, what am I going to eat? So therefore, when he asked me the question, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't thinking. I was worried, you know, I had my own problems there. So therefore, it wasn't personal. It's, uh, you know, it's my own issues. So comes the Gabriel and says, My chedon. Okay, what is the halakha? Okay, the What's the deen? Revi'id. Let's turn revi'id. How do we judge? He'id Rabbi Yoshua bin Petorah al-dam nevelot shehu tahor. Oh, Rabbi Yoshua bin Petorah came along, you know what? It's tahor, dam nevelah. He did not make a haluk between less than revi'id and more revi'id. It's masma from his statement. Tahor, the gamre. So comes the Gabriel and says, No, no, no. tahor. What do you mean when he said Tahor? Tahor melehachshir. Halitamot metameh. We learned that there are seven liquids. That if they fall, let's say, on a fruit, they prepare it to receive tum'ah. Meaning, let's say, an apple. An apple, if a sheritz falls on an apple, it not necessarily, it's not tameh. A sheritz is tameh medoraita. A dead sheritz. 
But a dry an apple, Mechaur has ochel, it should be metameh. No, but the deen is, it has to become prepared for tum'ah, the apple. How does it become prepared for tum'ah? One of the seven mashkim have to already fall on the apple, willingly, and then... Right. If the shit has touched the apple, the apple becomes tamir. It's like a conduit. Right. One of the seven is what? Dam. Mm-hmm. Oh, dam. So when the Biyushom and Petorah came along and said, Dam nevelat tahor, he meant tahor belehakshir. What type of dam do we talk about? Dam of shahita. We mean, you slaughter an animal, let's say. So it's normal shahita. That blood that comes out, that could be makshir. But the dam of a nevela. That dam is not makshir. However, litameh, it's mitameh. Meaning, like we learned, that if you eat, will be mitameh, because if it congeals, it gets to shur of a kezayid, and if it's uh, less than if you eat, no. So therefore, Nabi Yashor Mitura's statement can be interpreted when he said tahor, meaning tahor min lehakshir. That's a different item. But it's not tahor min lehakshir. Two different things. One is to prepare the fruit, let's say, for tumah, and one is in itself, is tumah. has tumah, meaning if it's a shur of a... Right. Comes Gibran says, Taman Tanina. We learned the Masechet Machshirim. Dama Sheretz Metamekim Saro. Sheretz. It's one of the eight uh, rodents that the Torah talks about. That a Sheretz is Metameh. It's Basar. How much of a Sheretz is Metameh? What's the Shi'u? Adasha. Even a lentil of a Sheretz, Met, is Metameh. So the Gibran says, Dama Sheretz Metamekim Saro. The blood of a shirt has the same shi'un. Meaning even a adashah's worth, which means if it would dry and become an adashah, that already is tameh. The blood follows the basar. Now, mitameh ve'enu makshir. Good. It's only mitameh, this type of blood, but it doesn't have the ability to makshir. Ve'en lanu kayotsebo. And we have nothing like it. Now hold on, we may have nothing like it. We just said dam nevelas like that. Which is, it's smarter than Gabriel saying, we have nothing like this that is mitabeh, but not makshir. What do you mean? Didn't we just learn the court to Rabbi Yashom and Petorah? The way we're understanding when he said, dam nevelat tahor, we said tahor b'lakshir, but it's mitabeh. So how can the Gabriel come over here and say that there's nothing like dam of Asheritz? It's got tahor on the hakshara, but it's got tumah on the, on, on, on the actual item itself. What do you mean? Dam nevelat is like that. So comes the Gemara and says, "The en lanu ka yotzebo kishiur tumato, aval kimsaro." Which means we have exactly. There's nothing like it in size. Which we have to find something that uh, is metame so small. But like an adasha. But what? There is cases that. And like the case of Damnevela, but that shiur is eight of eight. So therefore, right, we haven't found anything like a shirit in its shiur. The statement's good. Right, the statement is good. Amar Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says, We actually have machloket now amongst two amoraim. Is Damnevela more than the eight? Tameh. Till now we always assumed Damnevit more than eight. Tameh. But now we're really saying it's a machloket. Now, had amar tameh, v'had amar tahor. Man amar tameh, the opinion that says it's tameh, can be Yehuda. So Rabbi Yehuda holds in Masichet Eduyot, he gave a testimony that Betelel, all dam nevela is tameh, more than a shur of a nevi'it. Good. Uman amar tahor, can be Yehoshua ben Petorah. The rabbi that said dam nevela is tahor, 
he's learning Rabbi Yosua ben Torah Tahor legamre. Meaning when Rabbi Yosua ben Torah said, "Dam levelat Tahor," it's Tahor legamre. Not like we learned above. Tahor melachir. This opinion saying no. Learn Rabbi Yosua straight. What he say? Blanket uh, across the board. Now, Amar le Rab Avduma demin Nechuta. Rab Avduma from Nechuta said, "Viyaut." Right. Which means uh, the opinion that says that the Yehuda holds more than the Yehuda is Tamer makes sense. Mm-hmm. Why? The Yehuda Moriana de Ben Siahava. Who was the posek in the Yehuda Nasi's house? That a posek? The, the answer questions. The Yehuda was the posek alachot in the bee's house. Now go back. We had the story of the bee's house. He had the mule. The mule died. And what they say about the blood? It's tahor only because it was less than a Yehuda. Ma'ashraf was more than Rabi'it. Rabi'tameh. And who must have made that ruling? Rabi'udah, because he was the posseh of the house of Rabi'it. So it makes sense to say that Rabi'it is the shaitan that says, you ought to have It's telling because we have a story to, to verify he really held like that opinion. Okay, and we go a little further. Kola Rokin. We learned in the Mishnah, all these spirit or saliva that's found in Yerushalayim uh, is tahor, except the shuka al-yom. So the Gemara says... Which means, why even Mahmir and Shuka Alion? Well, didn't we learn that the Hachamim were not Gozer in Yerushalayim? You have a Safek, Safek, Rok Yerushalayim, we go, Lakel. So when you tell me that Shuka Alion, you have to be Mahmir. So the Gibraltar is like we learned above. Ha'at Mar Allah, we learned already. Rabbi Abin, Bishop Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, Katzlan, Shenokhrim, Ayasham. The, uh, the, the laundry of the Goyim was over there, and therefore the Goyim were there. Therefore it's not Goyim, therefore we have to be Mahmir. Gibraltar, we continue. Bish'ar Yemot Okay, now the Gibraltar is explaining the logic of the Mishnah. The Mishnah said according to the Biyoseh. It depends. All year long, in the middle of the street, Tamir, Side streets, Tahor. On the regal, middle of the street, Tahor. Side streets, Tamer. What's the logic? Gibbara explains. Bishari Motashana, Timi'in Mahalchin, Shibolet. Shibolet means in the middle of the roads. The Imsa Shivile, Rishutanabim. Because they're the majority. So all year long, where are the Tamer people walking? Public Tarufe. That Teori Malkin Minatsat. Where is Teorin hanging out? They wanted to preserve themselves. Oh, they don't want to get tame, they're on the side streets. That Teorin Malkin Setam. That Timi. Now, you got to change the Girsah over here. Who's changing the Girsah? This is by the. I go, Tagra and Taklin Hatin. Okay? Had Timi'in Malkin Setam. Which means that Timi'in, they're just walking, stabbing in the middle of the streets. That Teorim Omrim Lahem. And the Teorim are standing on the side and they're saying, Keep away from us! Stay over there! Don't, don't come close to us! Don't metameh us! Oh. However, it's the opposite. Oh. The Teorim walk in the middle of the roads. And the Teorim, they're on the side because they don't want to metameh the Teorim. Now, change the Grisa again. The Teorim are walking in the middle of the streets. And the Temi'im are coming along to say, Stay over there, don't come close to us. We don't want to metameh you. Okay. We continue. So we said, any of the Kelim that are found in Yerushalayim, if it's going down to the Beta Tevila, it's Temi'im. 
If it's on the way up, we say it is Teorim. So the Gemara says, Lo khair amar bi abu, b'shem rabi yuhanan, lo gaz wa l'kirim shi b'rushalayim? Yeah. What do you mean? I thought we have a rule. Kirim that I found in Yerushalayim, atahor. So what are you telling me that if you found it on the way down to the Mikveh, your time is Tameh? So he goes, Mikivan chinimsehu derek irida lebeta tevilah naasu hochiyah. Here you have a hazaka. Which means it's, if you're right, if you find it stam in the streets of Yerushalayim, hazaka tahor. But here, look where you found it. You found it on the way down to the Mikveh. That already is uh, evidence that what? That it fell on the way down to the Mikveh. So it's a difference if you found it stam in a place of Yerushalayim or you found it in the, on the way down to the uh, Mikveh. Rukhadu ala ulam. Amen. Amen.